ഹമ്മദുലിമ <تصفيق> <تصفيق> فهو معصوم إلى ثمانية أيام من كل فتنة تكون فإن خرج الدجال عصم منه أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام صدق الله صدق الله مولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك من الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله over the past over the past four jumuas we have been hearing various aspects relating to surah al-kahf the introduction of the surah which highlighted a common theme which runs through the entire surah and that is the theme of as-sira'u bayna al-imani wal-maddiyah the challenge between iman on one side faith in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala versus maddiyat materialism and faith in whatever we can see before us and this is the common theme which runs throughout the surah impressing upon us the importance of having our conviction and our iman in the ghaib in the unseen having our iman in the hidden system of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala having our iman in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not being consumed by materialism and by what meets the eye so throughout the 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 surah the different incidents that have been mentioned this common theme has come out the theme of focusing on allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is that critical issue which perhaps will become a means of protecting a person 
immunizing him and saving him from the various fitan, the various imani challenges that will take place before Qiyamah, especially the fitna of Dajjal. So inshallah we will discuss the last incident of the surah. The incident of Dhul Qarnayn. A man whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed with abundance of material. Allah says, min kulli shay'in sababa. We blessed him with all material resources. Whatever resources he required, we had blessed him with those resources. That was the, the amount of material that Allah blessed him with. He, he ruled over the entire world from east to west, from north to south. He ruled over the entire world among the very few people who controlled the whole world, who ruled over the whole world. One was this person, Zulqarnain. And there's a lot of historical details regarding to who exactly he was and when did he come, etc. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not mention these de details in the Quran Majid. We will suffice on what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned and the lesson that we need to derive from this incident. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna makkanna lahu fil ard. We gave him power. We gave him control on the earth. وَآتَيْنَاهُ مِن كُلِّ شَيْءٍ sababa. And we blessed him with all types of resources. And despite him being what we would call today a super superpower. Superpowers of the world today are puppet superpowers. They steal from every other nation and then they act like they are powerful. And you speak, if you speak to, the, to our brothers in Afghanistan, they say we are the superpower. Because we defeated the so-called superpowers of the time. So these outward superpowers and how they exert and how they exert their authority, how they oppress, how they loot, how they plunder and how they oppress the rest of the world. We have seen it in the last 50 days or so and how they all gang up against a small, small group of people, people who are ill-equipped and the type of damage that they will cause, the type of anarchy they would cause, the type of genocide they would cause. Although, they, although all their plans and all their schemes are all coming to the fore, all the, the hidden agendas are coming out and the whole world is seeing that how this is just a bluff. It is just fooling the world, but still they go on and on and on in exerting the authority. So that is a person that's consumed with material. And that's how he behaves. Because his only vision is material interest. He needs to secure his own material interest. And when securing his own material interest, he doesn't mind doing whatever he needs to do in inverted commas just to secure his material interest. Let's go one step further. Just for us to understand a materialistic mindset. That we have so many Muslim countries all around with so much of resources, so much of military strength and might, but they can't help their own brothers. Why? Because it's going against their own material interest. If we're going to help them, our material interests are at, are at stake. So we're not prepared to sacrifice our material interests for the sake of helping our own brothers. Whereas you may get even non-Muslims that will offer help, but they're not prepared to help. This is what materialism does to a person. Consumed by materialism. And this is at a global level, on a bigger scale, the effect of materialism. And the same can thereafter be brought down on a micro level, on a smaller level. And how materialism will affect an individual. When a person is consumed with materialism, 
how he will exploit others, how he will take advantage of others. Why? Because his main purpose in life is materialism. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us an example of a person who had all the resources, yet his vision was not a materialistic one. His mindset was not a materialistic mindset. His mindset was an imani mindset. And what that imani mindset does to a person, how he uses the material that he's been blessed with, how he uses the resources that he has been blessed with to help others and to be kind to others and to extend generosity to others. So Allah says that we have given him all the resources. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about three journeys of Dhul Qarnain. Allah doesn't give other details of his life. Allah speaks about three journeys of his. And from these three journeys of his, we can gauge and understand the effect of this Imani mindset that he had. Allah says, Hatta ida balaga maghrib shams. The first journey that he undertook was towards, towards the west. He undertook a journey towards the west to the furthest point in the west that he could reach. Now in front of him was ocean, was water. He could not go beyond that. And then he finds, he finds the sun setting. The, find, the sun setting in murky water. Now obviously the sun doesn't set in water. But that's what meets the eye, what we can see. That it is as if the sun is setting. If you're standing at the ocean and you will see the sun rise. And it seems like the sun is coming out from the water. So he was on the west and it seemed like the sun was setting into the water. Then, وَوَجَدَ مِن دُونِهِ, مِن دونه قوم He finds a nation there. He finds a nation, he finds a people. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now instructs him. Perhaps through the Nabi of the time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructed him. And Allah says to him, These people are disbelieving in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They have received the message and the da'wat of Islam. They have received the message of believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yet they refuse to bring iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says you have one of two options. Because they have already received the message of Iman and they have, received, they have refused to accept the message of Iman, you can punish them. You can take them to task. You can be harsh upon them for them not believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or otherwise, you can deal with them in a good manner once more. You can give them the option of believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and if they refuse, then you can deal with them in a severe manner. Now look at this person. One is, as we explain, people who have resources and we have might and have might today. Then what they will do, they will go and plunder and loot and colonize other countries and steal all the natural resources of that country just in a glorified way. In a glorified way, it's done, but it's the same theft. It's the same looting that happens. So that is what happens when a person is consumed by material. This man here who has Iman, he has that Imani mindset. Although the option is being given to him by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that you don't need to behave in a soft manner towards these people. They are already, they are already eligible for harshness because of them believe, disbelieving in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But he still says that I will behave with them and I will deal with them in a good manner. Why give them one last chance to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Those who 
that person who believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this last moment after this last option that's given to him and he does good deeds then we will deal with him in a good manner and in the akhirat he will receive that he will receive a good reward but those that disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they refuse to bring iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we will be deal with them in a harsh manner so this was the first journey that he undertook to the to the west then Allah says Summa atba'a sababa. he undertook another journey and the second journey that he undertook was to the far east so he reached now the furthest point he could reach in the east in the at a place where the sun was rising now he reaches there and he finds a people there as well allah says that these people were so backward they were so away from civilization that lam sitra although it was a place where the sun would rise so from the early morning they would receive very intense heat of the sun but these people were so backward so uncivilized that they did not even know how to protect themselves from the sun they would not even build any shelters any homes etc so backward they were then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not mention any further details what happened at this point the Mufassirin explained that most probably it was the same thing that Allah gave him the option Either you can deal with these people in a severe manner because of them refusing to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or alternatively you can be good towards them and you can be kind towards them. And then he, he opted for the second option and that is to be kind towards them. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says The most interesting journey of his was this third journey of his. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not mention in which direction he went but most probably from understanding the ayat etc he moved in the northern in the north he went towards the north he undertook a journey now where exactly in the north this place was allah did not mention that in the quran majid and as we said that when allah doesn't mention these details there's not any there's no real purpose and any benefit in us trying to ascertain exactly where he went the more important thing is the lesson that allah is driving and the lesson that allah is giving us so he took a he undertook a journey towards the north now hatta idha balagha bayna sadain allah says he reached a point between two mountains now which were these mountains where these mountains are etc again allah did not mention those details somewhere in the world there were these two mountains and now he found a people that were living there on one side of the mountain and these people again were so backward they were so backward so uncivilized Allah says they could hardly understand speech not understand another language even if you spoke to them in their own language they could hardly understand their own language so they were very backward now they say to Zulqarnain that inna ya'juja wa ma'juja mufsiduna fil ard that on the other side of this mountain there are these two nations very powerful nations the ya'juj and ma'juj and they are causing havoc every now and again they come over the mountain or they come through this mountain pass and they come and cause havoc here they loot they plunder they kill whatever the nation the nature of the havoc may have been they come and they cause havoc here and we have no way of protecting ourselves from these people from this oppressive nation they offer that we will pay you we will pay you for your services but we want you 
to build a huge barrier between us and between this nation. Now look at this. This is a person whom Allah has blessed with abundant resources. Allah has blessed him with whatever he requires. And now he's being offered. He's being offered that build this wall for us. We will pay you. As we said in the beginning, one is a person who's a materialistic minded person. And then that person like the superpowers, so-called superpowers of today, forget helping others. They will even go and steal from others. Steal from weaker nations. But Allah is showing us the effect of an Imani mindset. That that person who has this Imani mindset, mindset although he is being offered, he is being offered to be paid for the services that he is offering. And obviously there is nothing wrong if he took a wage, if he took a fee for what he does because he is offering a service. But he says to them, Ma makanni fihi rabbi khair. That what my Rabb has given me is far better. Now his whole focus is not on himself. You know how much I got? You know what I am worth? You know what power I got? What might I got? What affluence, what influence I got? Nothing like that. His focus is not on himself. His focus is Ma makanni fihi rabbi. What my Rabb has given me. Whatever I have is not my own. It is only from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Again, one is it's being spoken about on a macro level. We can narrow it down to a micro level, to our own individual lives. Whatever we have, ma makkanni fihi rabbi. This is only what my rabbi has given me. It's nothing of my own. This is a person who has that imani mindset. Previously, two weeks ago, we heard of a person that was consumed with material. That was the incident of the, of the, of the person who owned two gardens. And he was consumed by material. Although he only owned two gardens, he was so proud. He was so arrogant. And the end result of that, everything was destroyed. Here the man ruled over the whole world. But his focus was on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he was not consumed with the material that he had. Ma makkanni fihi rabbi. That which my Rabb has blessed me is far better than what you can offer me. Meaning I don't require what you will give me. Because my Allah has blessed me with so much. And the dictate and demand of Allah blessing me with so much is that I must offer assistance to others. I must be of benefit to others. I must not use it just to empower my own self. I must not use it for self-enrichment. Rather, I must use it to help others and to offer and extend a helping hand to others. Ma makkanni fihi rabbi khair. He says, however, fa'inuni biquwa. I will require manpower. I will require people to help me, to assist me to build this wall. It's going to be a huge wall. So I will require your assistance, physical assistance. Monetarily, I don't need anything from you. So then he explained to them, Atuni Zubar al-Hadid, bring huge, big sheets of, of iron. And he takes these big sheets of iron and he places it on that mountain pass. And thereafter, he lights huge fires and he heats that iron slate so that iron, iron sheets, he heats it up. And then he takes, he takes lead and he pours the lead over those iron sheets. And this now becomes a very, very solid, strong and slippery wall. So they can't break through the wall and they can't climb over the wall. Because of the lead, it became slippery. They could not climb over the wall. And similarly, because of the strength of the iron and the lead mixed with it, they couldn't break through the wall. Now he builds this wall. After this accomplishment... After, after doing something so great that he helped his people, he assisted them. Now he's not looking, again he's not attributing it to himself. And he's not looking for any type of praise. 
What does he say again? Hada rahmatum mir Rabbi. That building this wall, although it's a great accomplishment, again not ascribing it to himself. Check what I did. See what I did. See my empire. Hada rahmatum mir Rabbi. This is only the mercy of my Rabb. First he started off ma makkani fihi Rabbi khayr. What my Rabb has given me is far better. And now after accomplishing it again, Hada rahmatum mir Rabbi. That this is the mercy of my Rabb. It's no accomplishment of my own. Compare this again to a materialistic minded person. Allah speaks about, in another place of the Quran, Allah speaks about Qarun. Allah had blessed him with so much. What does he say? Innama utituhu ala ilmin indi. All these riches I have, it is because of my own intelligence, because of my own acumen, because of my own expertise. That was one person. That's a materialistic minded person. But this surah, as we said, is breaking the backbone of materialism. Focusing on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Iman on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Iman on the ghayb. Iman on the unseen. Focus on akhirat. Rahmatum mir rabbi. This is only the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, even further, normally if a person today builds something, a builder builds something, he said, this thing here, it will last to kill your grandchildren, great-grandchildren also. And a couple months time, is broken. Here he says... He doesn't, he doesn't claim that this is unbreakable. Although it was such a powerful thing. He says, When the appointed time, when the promised time comes, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides that this wall should be broken, Allah will make this a flat plain. There will be nothing here. This whole wall will be broken. Meaning it's not unbreakable. It's not something that's going to last. It will only last for as long as my Rabb wants it to last. Whole focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a believer. This is a mu'min. Our focus is on akhirat. Our focus is on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not focusing on our own selves. Early on in the surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about two phrases. Allah says, وَلَا تَقُولَنَّ لِشَيْءٍ إِنِّي فَاعِلٌ ذَلِكَ غَدًا إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ that whenever you plan to do something in the future, then you must say, Insha'Allah. Before you do anything, when you plan to do anything, not I'll do it. No, no, I got the context. I can sort it out. Insha'Allah, we will do it. Insha'Allah, we will do it. So from the beginning, taking, shifting the focus away from our own selves and focusing on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Illa Allah. And thereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about after you accomplish something, after you get something, then you say, MashaAllah. That this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided to give me. These two small phrases, InshaAllah and MashaAllah. InshaAllah before doing something and MashaAllah after doing something. These are so powerful that Mawana Abul Hassan al-Nadwi rahmatullahi says something to his effect that this breaks the backbone of materialism. It breaks the backbone of atheism because everything we're focusing on Allah. Before we do it, focusing on Allah. After we're accomplishing it, focusing on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's nothing of our own doing in it. There's no pride there. There's no arrogance there. There's nothing else. It is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's allowing it to happen. So he, after accomplishing this, he says, When the appointed time comes, Allah will make it a flat plain. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explains in a hadith of Sunan Tirmidhi that every morning, 
Ya'juj and Ma'juj tried to break these two nations. They tried to break through this wall. And they make some progress during the day. At nightfall, they say, we will come back tomorrow. We will come back tomorrow. When they come back the next day, Allah makes it such that whatever progress they made, everything is gone back to normal. So they start again. And like that, they carry on and they continue every day. Every day in this way, they continue. They make some progress. They go away. Next day, they come. Everything is back to normal. They start again. But when that appointed time will come, فَإِذَا جَاءَ وَعْدُ رَبِّي When that appointed time will come, when Allah wants them to come back into the world, and this will be after the time of Dajjal, when Isa والسلام, will be on earth, that's the time when Allah will release this Ya'juj and Ma'juj. There's great details of what they'll do and the havoc that they will cause, etc. But at that time, they will dig and dig and they will break. When it comes nightfall, then someone will say, we will come back tomorrow, inshallah. Allah will inspire them at that time to say, inshallah. And they will say, inshallah, at that time, the next day when they come, it will be where they left it the day before. And then they will continue and they will break through this wall. So that's what is mentioned. When Allah's appointed time will come, then this wall will be no more. So this respected friends is the gist of the surah. That clash between madiyat, materialism and what we can see today. The only thing we hear about is about material. The only thing we see around us is material. There's progress in material. Technology has advanced like it never advanced before. Everything is only about materialism today. There's hardly any talk about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that jal will come at the time when materialism will be at its peak. It will be at the top, at the peak of materialism. That is when the jal will come. And the jal's fitna will be directly linked to materialism, as we have perhaps heard in the first in the first segment of this program. So his fitna will be directly linked to materialism. And this surah is breaking this whole concept of materialism. That seeing is not believing. Believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Believe in the hidden system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever material you have, don't attribute it to yourself. Attribute it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. MashaAllah, Rahmatum Mir Rabbi. Everything is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let us develop our Iman in Akhirat. Develop our Iman on the Ghayb, on the unseen. This will become our immunization and our protection from the various fitan, the various anti-Imani viruses that we could perhaps call them. And it will also become a means of immunizing us and protecting us from Dajjal. In the last ruku of the surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala summarizes and Allah explains the outcome of a person who has a materialistic mindset. And Allah explains the outcome of a person who has a, a, an Imani mindset. Allah says, قُلْ هَلْ نُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِالْأَخْسَرِينَ أَعْمَالًا أَلَّذِينَ ضَلَّ سَعْيُهُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَهُمْ يَحْسَبُونَ أَنَّهُمْ يُحْسِنُونَ سُنْعًا Allah says, must I tell you, the person who is the biggest loser, the person who is the biggest loser, the most unsuccessful person. Now at this time of the year, everyone is worried about results. What's going to be the results? What's going to be my child's results? Allah is saying the worst results. The worst loser is who? That person whose whole life was wasted in this material pursuit. Whole life went in material. And he thinks that he is doing something great. Whole life is in a rat race. 
just acquiring more and more and more forgetting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgetting akhirat forgetting preparing for his eternal abode of akhirat his whole life got wasted in this and he thinks he has done something very good he has he thinks he has achieved he thinks that he has progress Allah says this person is amala, the worst loser the biggest loser and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the outcome and the end result of that person who had that imani mindset whose focus was akhirat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Allah subhanahu wa speaks about those people who have iman and those people whose iman focuses on akhirat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says those that have iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and have prepared for it with good a'mal then for them will be the gardens of eternal bliss that will be their abode jannatul firdaus Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant all of us that and then in the last verse of the surah Allah gives us the solution and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the secret to get our mindset right, to get our whole life right, our whole life in order, to bring the alignment of life in order. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That person who has belief and he has confidence that one day I have to meet my Rabb. That person who believes that one day I have to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala respected friends the more we conscientize ourselves one is our belief we have that belief we have iman that we will be resurrected on the day of qiyamah etc but to make this make this the foremost point to make to bring this at the forefront of our mind to make it something which is all the time in front of us this is the effort that we need to have the effort that we need to make that person who remembers all the time that one day I have to stand before my Allah. If we have this reality before us, respected friends, our whole life will come straight. Whole life will be aligned. Everything will come in order. That Imani mindset will be there. That focus on material will not be there. Why? Because we know that that is the main point. That one day I have to stand before my Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with the true understanding of the surah and of his message of the Quran in Majid. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us in these various challenging times. The times that will come be, that will come ahead will be more challenging than the times that we are seeing. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has mentioned that this surah is a means of protection and immunization. Let us make a habit of reciting the surah and keeping before us the message of the surah. And inshallah this will be a protection from, for us and a protection for our families. وصلى الله على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد ويسألونك عن ذي القرنين قل سأتلو عليكم منه ذكرا إنا مكنا له في الأرض وآتيناه من كل شيء سببا وقال تعالى فمن كان يرجو لقاء ربه فليعمل عملا صالحا ولا يشرك بعبادة ربه أحدا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من قرأ سورة الكهف يوم
يوم الجمعة فهو معصوم إلى ثمانية أيام من كل فتنة تكون فإن خرج الدجال عصم منه أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام بارك الله بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن المجيد ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات وذكر الحكيم أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطيع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعص الله ورسوله فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على سيدنا محمد وأزواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر رضي الله تعالى وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى وأصدقهم حيان عثمان رضي الله تعالى وأقضاهم علي رضي الله تعالى وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنها والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنهما وحمزة وسد الله وسد رسوله رضي الله تعالى اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا رضوان الله تعالى عليهم وعن كل الصحابة الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم وخير أمتي قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر إخواننا في فلسطين اللهم استر أوراتهم وآمن روعاتهم اللهم عليك باليهود الغاصبين اللهم خذهم أخذ عزيز مقتدر اللهم منزل الكتاب ومجري السحاب وهازم الأحزاب اهزمهم وانصر الإسلام والمسلمين عليهم اللهم أقر أعيننا بإعادة المسجد الأقصى إلى بلاد المسلمين اللهم أخرج اليهود والنصارى من بلاد المسلمين اللهم أخرج اليهودية والنصرانية من قلوب المسلمين عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وإنهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون قال تعالى فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله غثاء أحوى سنقرئك فلا تنسى إلا ما شاء الله 
إنه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ونيسرك لليسرى فذكر إن نفعت الذكرى سيذكر من يخشى ويتجنبها الأشقى الذي يصل النار الكبرى ثم لا يموت فيها ولا يحيا الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين قد أفلح من تزكى وذكر اسم ربه فصلى بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى إن هذا لفي الصحف الأولى صحف إبراهيم وموسى الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم أنت السلام منك السلام تبارك ربنا وتعالى في هذا الجنان الكرام اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطين ما منعت ولا رد لما قضيت ولا ينفع ذل الجد منك الجد اللهم اكفنا بحلالك عن حرامك وأغننا بفضلك عمن سواك اللهم انصر أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اهد أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم انصر إخواننا المستضعفين في كل مكان اللهم انصرهم في فلسطين اللهم انصرهم في جميع بلاد المسلمين ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصل الله على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين آمين برحمتك يا رحمة